0: Hello and welcome to Politricking with myself, CD Madia. This is episode 22, number 22, 22 of season three of a politics podcast brought to you by Eyewitness News. Now, this episode is the last of the season. We're taking a break, tiny, tiny break, because when we come back, <laughs> this country will be closer to the elections and as you know, Or as you should know, that's a very fractious period in the country. So, hey, hope us pity, pity galore um, in the lead up to 2024's elections, taking a tiny, tiny, tiny break, mm, tiny volume, tiny break. And we'll be back soon. But before we do, we're going to have this lovely conversation with the speaker of the Joburg Council. I'm always fascinated by Colleen Makubela for many reasons. I'm always like, where does she come from? Like, What is her story? And you know, she's always wearing that t shirt. Girls can do anything. I mean, she's right. We can do anything. So we have a conversation with her because, hey, Joburg, right? Is a fractured space. (laughs) I'm using fractures a lot. But it is what it is. Like, who's pity petty? You don't know what's going on. Every other day, there's something about emotion of no confidence. There's one issue or another, different mayors. Hey, Guningi, there's a lot. As the young people say, Guningia, uh, what happens in drawback? But anyway, so we chat to Colleen Makubele, get her thoughts. And of course, <laughs> her political party, COPE. Yeah, that's actually, that's actually the perfect example, right? That is the example of Guningia, right? Yeah. If you had to set it down, illustrate Guningia, I'll put an emblem, a flag. I put the cope symbol right there. So, yeah, this is what Guningia looks like. But anyway, we have a conversation about all of that. Take a listen. Thank you for joining me. I love your t shirt. Girls can do oh, yeah. anything. We can do yes. any damn thing. That's it. This is a That's picture that I actually see you in a lot. This t shirt, in yeah. a lot of times, where mm-hmm. in different colors, your motor is. Girls can do anything. Uh women's month is drawing to an end. We've had a an interesting month where you've had Banyana Banyana, mm. you're at the netball doing well. Wow. There've been some achievements yeah. as far as the women front is concerned. Of course, the setbacks, but we'll talk about them. But as the month draws to an end, what are your thoughts? Thank you
1: so much, Tidian. thank you for having me. I think um you Correctly um, putting it, we've had some great achievements, we celebrate the achievement of Banyana Banyana, and we've seen not only them great women that really have done well, that we've recognized in this month, but I think um, what really stood out for me as a sore thumb is this bricks that we've just held in this country. Forty-six head of state, no women in there, and um, I think that's really an indictment to women a feminist movement that started in the 18th century fighting for political power freedom and rights and to sit here in the 21st century where power has been shifted uh, big discussions were held about currencies and you know money is going to be flowing in in avalanches of volumes and in the very little or none of women representation For me, I ask myself to say, do we have a termination point to this struggle for women, or is it just going to a perpetual talk show where um, we get together during this month and hold conferences, or it's even alarmed to hear and read that women conferences actually are on the rise, and we've got 80% of conferences held all over the world is women conferences. But where it matters, yes, but where it matters the most Women are just not there. So I don't know whether mm. indeed are we making an impact? Is it effective? Must we change our struggle to, uh, you know, look like something else? Because the way we've been doing it is just not working. Policies are there. that are just not being implemented. Not even shame for this men to even come together and look like that.
0: You know? Can I just say something to that? I think you must give South Africa flowers a little bit, approval. Our foreign secretary is a woman, Dr. Nalini Pandor. Our foreign minister, our international relations minister, is a woman who was at the table, who influenced what felt to a lot of us like a successful BRICS conference. But beyond BRICS, right? And the fact that there's not enough representation on the international scale. Very recently, there were talks, the moonshot talks that became a coalition, yes. um, what is it called? A national a di- coalition it? dialogue. No, 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 a convention. Mm-hmm. But I want to remember the name, the National Charter for South Africa. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it became. No, multi party charter for South Africa, that's the end name. We stood there watching just men speaking about women issues. I was wondering when I was watching and thinking about a conversation I had with Dr. Korsesana at the Zoom about how at Kodesa at the Mm. beginning, women actually left out. Mm. They fought their way to the table. So the idea of when does the struggle end is something I can't see in mind. Mm. You lead a city like Johannesburg and I've noticed that you tend to go out to communities quite a bit. Mm. Um, In your engagements, What are you hearing about the plight of women in the city that you serve? Look, I think um, most women are, number one, crying for opportunities.
1: And um, the second plight is really on the GBV, the abuse of women that we see. And it all hangs on women being able to be that independent woman and uh, the opportunities, whether it's job or business, being open and available to them. But I think one of the key things that we are seeing is that sometimes the door opens but we're not able to retain women, and they thrive in different industries because there is no sufficient support for them. You know, um, I'll tell you case in point about myself. If I didn't have sufficient support at home to be able to do what I do, I I don't think I would last long enough because I've got small children, you know, um, 12 and 14 years old. And if I tell you maybe I've seen them for three, four hours in the past week leading up to now, and uh, those are some of the things that affect women because the type of job that you now have to do in order to be where decisions are being made by men and participate at that level it it demands of you to make certain sacrifices and you need support and if you don't have enough income to be able to get that support or family or partners around you that can provide that support at home make sure that, uh, you know, whether it's children or other things are still running while you're focusing on this it becomes a problem, and we see that a lot. That's why women will then withdraw from such spaces until a certain age. But by then, it's too late. We're saying we want young women, we want able women. We don't want Jay Abomagogo, you know, who can't even walk properly, but are dealing with different, you know, things that are even and, and, and disjointed to what we are facing right now, as opposed to the women that you've mentioned are in their 60s going to 70s. Mm. They can't represent my views, you know, with all respect, you know, and... Um, so, so for us, it's a, it's a big question. How do we have women come in but stay, thrive, and multiply in there rather than a, a revolving door? One woman comes, she leaves, we just get another one. There's no growth. It, it, it's just a, a passage through, you know. Your assessment is, of women <clears throat> in
0: politics with that in mind?
1: Look, you, you've mentioned it, and it was one of the things I was going to raise. Is, let's just start with the national dialogue that was held by a deputy president in Cape Town talking about coalitions in this country um i think it's about the stats say 60% of the population is women uh, almost 70% is young it's youth what did you see there the national dialogue you know it was all men those are national leaders leaders of parties so we must start at party level to transform to bring women up I think, save one um, a, a woman who's an SG of PAC, who spoke represented us brilliantly well. And she even told those men, you're sitting here discussing issues that half of you will not even be alive to see because, number one, you're old. Half of you don't even understand because you're men. Where are young people? Where are women? Fast forward, you go to the multi-party discussion as well. You said it well. There were no women there. So politics are not producing women at the level where they should be. We don't see women president, I don't even think we have a woman president who's leading a political party, you know, a deputy president, maybe we've got an SG, we've got a deputy SG there, etc. but really where it matters, where it ticks, we don't see women, and I don't understand why. One of the things that really asks me is this thing of creating parallel structures of women's league, what for? And this is where we get it wrong. Why do we need a Women's League if we're saying the society now is open, it's inclusive? It's in, they needed Women's League then because they were excluded. What is the purpose of it today? Because then none of those policies and uh, things that are being discussed, they are carried to the mainstream. Women must be part of the mainstream. If you believe we are capable, we are able to
0: add value, put us in the mainstream. That's a very interesting thing because I think the EFF, which has been refusing to launch a women's division, Mm-hmm. has seemingly launched a women's subcommittee of sorts this very week that we're coming yeah. into now. There seems to be issues around you, your character. Do you put mm-hmm. that down to the fact that you are a woman? You're a member of COPE. Some issues, some members are mm-hmm. grieved with just the existence of Colleen. Is it just down to being a woman, or is it due to the kind of politics you engage in and how you've shaped your politics?
1: I don't think it's it, it even has to do with gender. I think people just uh, get agitated with change, you know, when you are used to failing and going on a downward spiral, you know, if you're talking about people in my party. Yes, I'm I'm talking about both now, yeah. definitely. So when you bring somebody young, somebody fresh, somebody wants to get things going, you know, and all of a sudden, um, you know, I get promoted to take up a big role uh, in the city of Johannesburg, which has never happened before. I'm active on the ground socially, I'm doing things. So people start to look at themselves, because I've been here for the past 13 years as in the party and I've never even achieved that. So I don't think it's, it, 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 gender may play a role, but I think it's really inadequacy on their part and insecurity and starting to feel like perhaps they are becoming redundant and looking at themselves in, in terms of what have they achieved in the years that they've been at COP, because it's been going like this. And all of a sudden, COP has a voice, COP has a name. People are starting to talk about what Congress of the People is doing. So I think it's a combination of that and, um, of course, uh, people don't like change and what it could mean for them and their positions, so they get agitated. Uh, you, could, you can be any character. I'm definitely not somebody who's going to come in and not help my voice heard and not do anything uh, if I see there's work that needs to be done and the ideas that needs to be pushed forward so um and those are the type of people that we need more of in in, in congress of the people we don't need people that are going to come and do what was done before because clearly what was done before didn't work we just were going down the drain
0: are you running yourself up for cop's presidency there should be an elective conference hopefully soon I, I was expecting it in the coming months i'm not sure it should be where cope stands and that's the thing about COPE. nobody seems to know what the hell is happening with that party but I think there is an elective conference. Are you lining yourself up to need? Look, uh, we also are
1: waiting to hear... Uh, oh, so you the, also, you also don't know? We are waiting to hear uh, <laughs> when are we're going to have the elective conference, because we must have an elective conference as part of our constitution in order to elect the um, leadership that will contest in 2024. And um, look, you, you would know that politics uh, work differently. Um, it's the people that must uh, recommend you and nominate mm. you. So indeed, if I'm nominated and there are people who feel they are confident in my leadership and I can take up, you know, and um, I would avail myself, but if they feel there are other people that can still do that, I will definitely support. So we're always available as and when we are required to take up. That's a very
0: NC position you're just taking there, isn't it? To say (laughs) that you'll be called upon when, when people vote. People must ask you to, to, to be available, you'll avail various It's very ANC talk. And I'll tell you what we tell ANC leaders, it's yeah. a cake. It's yeah. really not progressive. Yeah. So if you and I are having a conversation today about taking on the mantle and owning your yeah. politics and shaping the future, I will then ask you the question again. Yes, Are you eyeing the presidency of COP? With that in mind, please don't give me an ANC answer. <laughs> it's not an ANC answer, but
1: um, look, at the end of the day, it's people that must vote you in. Like I said, I am available to lead the party. You have the ambition. I have the ambition to lead the party. I am available to lead the party. And I've said that uh, before, even to the leadership. But I think it's the timing that will uh, determine whether it happens now or it will happen in the next conference. But if you ask me today, are you ready? Yes, I am ready. Uh, Are the people ready for me? That is the second question. But uh, as Colleen, I think I have the qualities. And um, I have prepared myself and uh, gained experience enough to be able to know how we can take the party forward.
0: Can COP afford to wait as far as the of conference is concerned? We are aging closer and closer to 2024. You're a party that's pretty much written off. You barely mm. exist in Parliament. Mm. Can you afford to allow this to linger? Uh, certainly not.
1: We cannot. And um, we keep pushing all the time of course there are processes that must be taken um, up in order to ensure that the conferences sit, and um, you know it, it also costs money as well so we need to ensure that we've got the budget the, the, the processes and all those people that are going to be delegates etc so there are those things that are already underway but you are correct i mean um, national elections probably are happening within the next 10 months at most you mm. know and um, we have to now get ready to campaign. Every other party has now sorted its house, its house, its internal issues and battles that normally are come with uh, elective conferences, and they more or less are trying to consolidate and align. And the longer we leave it, it would mean that by the time we get to elections, we'll still be dealing with sores of, um, you know, um, fights and internal squabbles for leadership, and you know, it's it's natural; it, it will come. But the sooner you deal with it the better but more so because people want to understand what COP is about who are the leaders that are being uh, brought forward what kind of a manifesto and all of that we're going to take forward because the leaders that are going to be elected must then come together and put the vision uh, uh, for the party and for the nation you know uh, preparing to govern and, and those things they also need time so that, and also to communicate to the people and get their buy-in and convince them and lobby and campaign so it's a whole lot of things that must happen. No, we don't have the time, and the luxury of the time is not our, on our end. Uh, How does COOP salvage
0: the organization? What do you
1: mean salvage the organization?
0: I mean, you and I agree that it's been an downward trajectory. In fact, we don't mm. even need to agree. Mm. That's just a fact on paper. Mm. It's damaged its own reputation. It's mm. leadership squabbles. Mm. How do you regain the confidence of the one or two people who are still willing to back COOP? Mm. Cope has done a lot of damage to itself in the public eye. When we see physical fights break out Mm. at media briefings, Mm. that says something about the organization. Mm. And in order to get back at least a seat or two in parliament, you must win back the trust of people. You must salvage something about your reputation. How does it go about that?
1: Look, I think. uh, to the contrary yes there've been a lot of things that have suggested that perhaps our image is dented which yes we need to work on the image but um i think to the contrary the more you get to the ground and i'm on the ground every day uh, uh, as you know you know um, i'm a social activist uh, through my way through party work even today we're with the student of UJ vets etc doing civic education etc and um it's amazing how people see cope and view what is happening as part of the cleansing process and they see the new leadership coming up because what gives people confidence is the leadership that is at the helm and um, it's people like us who start to inspire you know a confidence in the party and for me you look at many other parties whether it's ANC or PA and all of that you know all of them have their own issues that suggests all of, them, they, all of yeah. them have issues. So we don't take ourselves as an isolated, ourselves as an isolated case, but we do think for us at the moment we are taking too long to reach a point where we can start focus on this is the leadership, this is the vision of Cope. Let's move in this direction, you know, and uh, that's how we are going to salvage ourselves. The sooner we get to the elective conference, any. You know the frustration and i've said this before of many people that um even uh, bloom or madisha and any other that left cop over the years is the internal democracy the internal fights COP is a party that has never been accused of corruption it's a the only party really that has shown itself to be able to bring in new fresh leadership as well And um, we've been governing well in the city of Johannesburg. Wherever we are placed, we are able to do well without any um, scandals or anything that comes with it. So given ourselves, given the um, ability to restore these internal things, I think externally people understand what COPE stands for. And a lot of things that COPE has said in its formation in terms of where the direction of the ANC was taking, hence the breakout (laughs) has actually come to pass. So you can see that there is some sort of insight and understanding of, uh, you know, how things are going to pan out and we uh, organize ourselves in that manner. And we're a modern party, you know, we're not a political activist party that uh, is going to look for people that, uh, you know, are not educated, people c- that cannot add value, that have no experience, all the leaders of cope have some kind of qualifications, and they have a experience, and they've got a, a, a you know, a, a prior, a, what can I call it, a profile that you can stand on and and, and and back up, unlike some of the leaders that we see coming up that are questionable. So if we can salvage ourselves and, and and build on those strengths that we have instead of you know,
0: really uh, displaying our weaknesses publicly, I think we can do well. How did you actually find your way, I and mean, there's a reason I'm asking this, how did you find your, your way into the political space? I mean, I looked at the, some of your qualifications Studied in Malaysia, you've got quite a broad spectrum of qualifications, there's IT here, there's all sorts of things that you studied, Um, how did you find yourself in the space? Interesting, actually, um, I'll, what sparked my interest
1: is when I was appointed as the chairperson of the post office. Yes, you yeah, that you. yeah, and um, that gave me a glimpse of actually what is happening in in government in parliament. You know, and we've always been on the outside criticizing, talking about uh, politics as you know a dinner table talk, etc., with all sorts of uh, grievances. But when I got to understand uh, one of the key causes of why we are where we are as a nation is because there's been a brain drain out of the political space. Me and you, who get education, who are, you know, um, experienced, we want to go to the private sector, we don't want to work in government, and for many good reasons, you know, the minute you step into government, all sorts of attacks come, it affects your reputation, etc. But the resultant of that is that you've got parliamentarians that are do not have the right qualifications, dealing with serious issues of budget, technical issues of service delivery, policies, etc., And all they have is a struggle credentials. What mm. do you think they're going to do for you? Why do you think ESCOM is falling apart? Why do you think uh, SAA had to be sold to private sector? And, um, and one of the reasons I left post office is because I had these differences with my political principle where I was tasked with the governance and turning around the, the entity And um, they had different ideas of how they want to, you know, um, Anyway, let me leave that one to another day. But (laughs) also, coming then to City of Jobe, because from there I was appointed as a chairperson of the uh, Metropolitan Trading Company, and the same thing, I have to report to people that honestly most of the things that you're talking about are above their heads. You're complaining about governance issues in the City of Jobe, any other metro. There's a study that says 70% of counselors that we have do not even have metric. So why do you think anything is going to happen in a manner that it should happen? And it was, for me, a painful experience to see then. I said, why can't I then go in instead of complaining? Let me go in and see how I can help and assist. And that's how I got into politics. And um, COPE approached me and you know, we had many conversations with the provincial chairperson, with the president, And that's how I end up at COP. And this is my call, actually. For professionals, we need them in government. Many governments, first-world countries around the world, it's professionals that are running portfolios, that are are counsellors. It's not left to anyone who could not find a job, anyone who sings the loudest in the street. You know, if you can mobilize 20 people to vote for you, no. There's a criteria. They go through interviews. They even do assessment, like how you're going to be... If you're a mayor of Joburg, if you're a mayor of Tswane, you're a CEO and you are paid like a CEO of any other private entity. Why can't we sit with you and interview you like a panel and make sure that you have the qualifications, you've got the skills, oh, but you've got speaker, the... We occupancy. don't have
0: the case in Joburg
1: as we stand. Um, I gave a general example. <laughs> I said mayors of Tswane,
0: of Ekurilene, of Joburg. So, I'm <laughs> saying you, you are yeah. the speak of a city that doesn't even speak to your own vision at the moment. commander. <clears throat> Doesn't speak to your vision. I'm talking about the vision of Congress of the People. I'm not it talking speak about to the vision. Of, yeah, it doesn't speak to Cope's
1: vision. Cope is a different party, and we believe we've got our different policies. We would never put anyone in leadership that does not have the qualification. Different parties may have their different policies for whatever reason. So when you but get into ju- a party,
0: that it, does I'm that. I mean
1: a coalition. So it, when in a coalition situation, this is what happens. You know. And that's why I'm i'm doing a civic education program to say, go out and vote so that you are able to get the leaders that you vote for. So, if you don't vote, we are going to have these coalitions. If you vote for COPE,
0: you will know what you are getting. Is that not an admission, though, that you recognize that the, the people of Joburg are being shortchanged? If you are the Speaker of the City, and yes, you're in a coalition, so there are circumstances, and there's this mayor but you then go out and do civic education to go, guys, to avoid being like this, let's do our, our bit and educate ourselves and vote better. Is that not recognition no. of where the failure is in the
1: leadership in your work? No, it's not a recognition of failure. Civic education is a necessary education to build world-class African citizens. And we can't build a world-class African city without the world-class African citizens. As part of our um, obligation and a democratic responsibility as a city. We must have voter education, and we must tell the, 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 the public out there at large, because if you look at the last elections, 2021, six million of the people that were eligible to vote, that registered to vote even, they mm. didn't go out and vote. Yes. So whether you believe in what is happening in the leadership of Jobek or not, it's just irresponsible behavior to sit at home and not vote because you are unhappy with a certain party or you're unhappy with that nothing is going to change and my point is for you to change the government to be able to put the people that you believe can lead you have to go out and vote and the citizens of south africa must be taught that we're not only teaching on voting we're teaching on social order public decency you know people that just spit and litter anywhere and think the city must come in. yeah yeah they will be the pp anyway mm. you know people that are, are just public drinking and they don't even understand the bylaws of the city we, we, we have lost social order, we have lost social control, and hence we have instability and uh, uh, people just behave the way they want to behave, and, and it, it's, it's irritating even investors, it's pushing them away because of some of the behavioural traits that we have as a, as, a, as a city. Even nationally, we've even lost the patriotism. So that's part of civic education, how do we instil that patriotism, how do we get people to understand the democratic rights and responsibilities that they have? that goes with the privileges you know of of being able to vote having a voice speaking out because we like to speak out as south africans Mm. but we don't want to do the work you know that that, that promotes south africa
0: i want to get your sense of the motions of no confidence that are quite constant Mm. i think an argument can be made that in a city if the politics don't affect the administration Supposedly it's working mm. but optics matter. Yeah, and the idea that yeah. every other day We are reporting mm. that there is emotion of confidence on the table. It's gone. Mm. There's a new mayor It's gone mm. back and forth doesn't also bode well. Mm. What is your sense of what's happening? Is mm. it as simple as all oh, it's democracy at play mm. or is it more sinister when you look at the Attempts to have the mayor removed mm. by the DA and actually say for instance mm.
1: look um, Yes, first and foremost is democracy at play, because the parties can bring motions anytime. But second, I think it's also hypocrisy, hypocritical behavior on the part of these parties, who are saying now, going into coalitions, let's not have motions, and we have it every 12 months or two years. That's what they're advocating with this National Coalition Dialogue. The very same people that are advocating for those things are coming to Jobeck to put motions on a monthly basis. I mean, what kind of uh, thinking is that? And knowing very well, they do not have the numbers to carry the motions through. But what does it do for them? It gets media attention. Because for some reason, even media is not catching on to say, these things are just frivolous. You know, people want attention. They want to be in the media. They're wasting taxpayers' money. You put a motion, we must then call council to discuss a motion that you don't have the numbers. The motion only works when you know you've got the numbers to carry through. And hence, they are withdrawing them now because they could not get themselves together with Action SA and all the other uh, parties that they were with. The GLU has the majority of council now. Unless the GLU coalition, you hear that maybe PA has worked out or EFF has worked out, then you can do a motion knowing that there's a chance that the motion might pass. But just to bring a motion for the sake of attention, and when you go, you turn the other side, you are talking about Let's have a, a, a regulations, change the regulations to say motions okay, can only, so as well. that, 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 is even, that, that is even, a, it's, it's even out of the question. To dissolve council, you need two-thirds of the majority. You can't even get 50.1 to appoint your own mayor. How are you going to get two-thirds of the council to vote for dissolving of council? I mean, those are things that with education, you know, um, we, we want to be able to tell the public, do not panic for, for no reason. DA cannot dissolve the Job Council, I mean it's a pipe dream, they are trying very hard to be relevant and um, you know, just creating issues in the media, they, they, they just don't have the numbers, they don't have the support, you know, they must follow, the rep- also to submit motions it goes with the rules, you can't wake up and say tomorrow I'm submitting a motion to the Council, how? You know, a, it must go through the processes through programming committee and we accept it if it complies, etc. You don't just come to council and say this emotion it doesn't work
0: in that manner, you know. The government of local unity, what are the chances of it remaining stable? Um, you are part of it as a Are you secure in the deal that's been struck this time around and that it will hold? Every now and again the Patriotic Alliance seems to agitate, otherwise you never know how the EFF will feel. they wake up one day yeah. and there'll mm-hmm. be a call from somewhere in the EFF <laughs> <laughs> that it's time to walk
1: away and walk away. Certainly, certainly. Look, um, you. I, I don't think you can uh, rest assured, you know, uh, that indeed uh, things are secure. Because anyone can say something and you agitate one leader who decides I'm out of this thing because um, coalition agreements in general they're not binding these are loose arrangements that we have to work together so anyone at any point can decide to work out but as things stand now uh, my personal view is that um, it is secured up until 2024. I think 2024 will bring serious changes and uh, there will be a lot of horse trading um, with different parties depending on the numbers that they get, some might want to take job back. I'll give you this. you know, I, I do believe 2024 um, yeah we will be seeing a lot of restructuring in local government because of what would have happened in national and, and provincial. So um, for now I think we are good. I think we are good until the next elections.
0: Is there a concern around a threat where an NC is relooking and assessing? its relationships with the uh, coalition partners. I know they're not happy about a good learning. Uh, it makes sense for people to not be happy about a good learning. The EFF has got the lion's share of the strategic portfolios. Is there concern? We've heard them speak about the need to realign or relook at the agreements. Do they even have room to make such demands as the ANC that's also not in power? You know, as long as you did not win uh, elections,
1: I think you don't have uh, room to make demands that you know are ideal for you. I think we're all working in a compromise situation um, of course they feel because they've got the majority of the numbers then they should have you know similar attitude to what the DA had the big brother we should have this because we've got the majority of the numbers we may not have 50 plus one doesn't work that way in a coalition. With my one seat, with your ninety seats, we sit around the table and we all bring, you know, the same value. Because without this, you cannot be in government. So some of these talks, um, until they win elections, they're just really—it's um, uh, just talks that are not going to help them. Because if the minorities—and they keep even insulting the minorities, you know, these minorities that are. Uh, governing, etc. these minorities that are there, and forgetting that if not for these minorities, they, they did not win elections. They did not cross the river in 2021. And there's a saying that President Lukota always says, do not swear or insult the crocodile before you cross the river. And we know that they are not going to cross this river 2024 as well. So with all of this talk that is happening, um, the power is shifting, uh, if you have not realized, to minority parties as well. We suddenly have a voice. We suddenly are more empowered and strengthened to compete more. And I think 2024, minority parties are going to play a very big role in being kingmakers, you know, um, because I don't see these big parties really doing better than what they did in local government because things have just gotten progressively worse for them. DA has messed up twenty. Uh, you know, ANC, we don't even have to talk about it, that's why we had 6 million people not voting. So it, people are looking at alternative parties, alternative leaders like us, to say please strengthen, do something, we want to support you. We cannot have what is happening in Swannu continue, what is happening in Ekuruleni continue, what is happening, you know, uh, perhaps even Jobek, you know, continue. They want different leaders that are going to bring something new and you know, totally new faces that are going to drive provincial and national government as well.
0: You don't worry that the attempt to get a national dialogue, proposed amendments that already exist as far as the cooperative governance department is concerned around navigating coalitions will curb the role of smaller parties. I mean, some are suggesting that you need to meet a particular threshold to make it onto the table. Are you not worried about this role that you see yourselves playing next year? will actually be cut short before we get there. No, because we know that we're going to pass the threshold.
1: Although it's just a a sinister thing on their part. You know, because whether, and constitutionally it's wrong, to do that they must first change the constitution. Because in South Africa, it's a diverse community. You know, that 1% that I represent, it's people that have a voice that need to be heard, that believe in hope. So what are you saying? Because these are the people that do not meet 1%, therefore they don't matter we're not going to consider them. I mean, you you think about it in a broader term, it's not, you look at Europe, can I afford to do that? Because perhaps they're all white people that are there with, uh, you know, segments of a population that has come as migrants, etc. Here, you you have everybody who believes an African and our constitution gives them that right. And all of those people from whether it's Indian or colored or Malays or, Portuguese or whatever, whoever is a South African, because we have declared ourselves from the Freedom Charter, from the Constitution, South Africa belongs to all. So every voice in South Africa must be represented. What they are afraid of is um, what is happening now in Johannesburg. We could very well end up with a minority president in 2024. And the
0: possibility is great, and we are looking forward to it, and we're going to push for it. Tell me your thoughts about what's happening with MTC you did say you were a board chair at some point yeah it seems to be in the middle of a tussle. Mm. What is your sense of what's going on there? Look um, MTC is a very strategic
1: entity in the city of Johannesburg as you know that uh, one of our strategic objective is to be a, a smart city driven by technology and MTC is that entity that is going to be, is supposed to drive the smart technologies and make us that world-class African you know a smart city. And um, I think uh, over the years, um, it has not really achieved its purpose, what it was supposed to do. It owns a very large network that was underfunded, um, that we're not able to provide adequately, um, you know, as planned Wi-Fi and technologies to a broader community, close the universal access of, 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 of technology and, 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 you know, uh, uh, information technology. And... Um, because of the funding requirements of MTC, it does become a tussle. and um, there's a project that was started by, um, actually it was him and Mashaba at the time, to sell the network to a partner who will be able to, uh, you know, put money into it and revive it and make sure that we compete, you know, uh, with the likes of MTN, etc. cetera, but also provide services in the city of Johannesburg, you know, on, on an online basis. But um, that was back and forth, it was also politically motivated because the idea is brilliant. We have to give it to a good operator who can upgrade it, put his money there, recover his money, and hand it over back to the city as a network that is fully operated and integrated to all our services. But um, I think those politics now are sorted. It has now moved to uh, transport because transport being a driver of some of our technologies. I'm trusting that now we're going to move with this, it's called EBM, extended business model, uh, for that whole network. And I, I hope that now we'll be able to get it off the ground because it is very critical. The DA wanted to kill it, and hence now we have to, um, it delayed to when the, the DA led multi-party, whatever, they didn't want this MTC to, 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 to work for whatever reason. But now part of our key strategic objective It's with transport, and we want it to work. We want every citizen of Georgia should be able to log on to the internet to be able to get the services that they want, communicate. Children must be able to do their homework. Uh, They don't have to run to a physical library. They must be able to connect. Of course, all of this is underpinned by energy as well, so which is another story.
0: (laughs) I was about to ask you about energy. Mm. Um, The issue of Yeah, There are attempts to move the needle, to bring it to an end, to deal with frustrations residents feel, how much closer are you moving towards um, getting rid of load shedding for the city? Do you know how far the process is? We just had an
1: energy endeavor and the premier was uh, presenting the plans because it's driven at, uh, it can be a local issue, you know, it's provincial and more so national issue. Look, um, until we have a solid energy mix, we cannot end load shedding. And until we realize that what we have right now in our hands, you know, one of the issues of South Africa is that we're a country of fantasies. We cannot fantasize about uh, what wind power, solar power, and all of that, you know, and want to move in that direction and neglect like, what we have in our hands. We've got coal, mm-hmm. we've got coal power stations that we've invested in. While we are doing all these fantastic things and uh, wanting to go that direction, Like any other country in the world, can we stabilize on the coal instead of shutting that down? Because that's one of our key issues. We wanted to do nuclear. We are also a country that everything must be political if there's noise in the media, the weak leadership makes a U-turn, and we are here because of weak political leadership. We should have implemented nuclear, take Zuma aside, it's a technology that is used all over the world to stabilize the grid. people are on nuclear power. Here we are now, we don't have power because we made nuclear to be a Zuma issue. When it's supposed to be a technical discussion with professionals, hands are always advocate, let us get the right people in the right positions and give them space administratively to work. We can box each other here as politicians, for ministers, for mayoral, but don't interfere with what makes the country concrete, what makes investors want to come here, what will help us to address the job issues and, and, and the economy, etc. It's energy. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it at
0: that. Country full of fantasies, apparently. Thank you so much. That's the Geoberg speaker, Colleen McAubella, speaking to us a little bit about her thoughts on Women's Month, speaking about running the city, about whether or not we'll see as president, Colleen, come 2024, only time will tell, and of course, her thoughts on coalitions and what's happening in the city of Joburg. That's it from us. That's it from us. A special thank you to Lorato Herfela and TD Twala. For eyewitness news, my name is TD Madia.